3 out of 10 ain't bad, right? Well, when hitting fastballs, yes. When getting changed to work, not so much. You're listening to Braving Bad Bosses with Jeff DeWolf and Todd Chandler, where we discuss how to survive a bad boss and not be one. Welcome back to Season 3 of Braving Bad Bosses. This is Jeff DeWolf. This season, we are looking at ways to break the cycle of bad bossing. And we are doing that by going through some very foundational recommendations relative to mindset and skill set of real-life leadership. And this week, we come to the topic of change. Okay, so if you're trying to hit fastballs, hitting three out of ten of them is probably going to land you in the Hall of Fame if you can do that over a course of a career, right? When it comes to change, research says that 70% of change efforts fail to achieve their desired result. That's pretty shocking. You know, it doesn't mean they all fail completely, but they fail to meet their desired result. And I got thinking about that in the context of leadership, and I thought, that is really a sad statistic. Change is happening all around us, right? Change is required. We need to change or we'll die. You know, the market requires it. Customers demand it. And if, if our efforts to make change happen in our organizations is going to fail 70% of the time, that's a pretty big deal. And so we got thinking about, you know, what are the roles that managers need to play to try to mitigate that? How can we as managers, supervisors, et cetera, help to ensure that changes stick, that changes last, that our teams implement the changes required, you know? And so I want to talk about that today. It's not a change management podcast today. We're not talking about the theories of change management per se. We're talking about instead, I think, what can managers and leaders do to facilitate the change process. There are times when we are asked to make changes, but we're not the author of those changes. We're not the the ones implementing the changes, right? I mean, they can be policy changes rolling out of HR. They can be process changes. They can be technology changes that are rolling out to the organization. Um, So they're not always our change projects, but we are sitting there in between, you know, the change team and our team And I think we play roles in what we can do to make sure that those changes are successful. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. And I think I can break it down into five key roles that leaders play in the change process to make sure that they stick. But before we do that, I want to just mention the definition of change management because I I found this very interesting. Change management is, we throw that term around a lot, right? It's important to do change management. Okay, so what does it mean? So let me break it down for you. Here's the definition of change itself. A change is the act of making or becoming different. A change is the act of making or becoming different. Management is the process of dealing with or controlling things or people. Interesting, right? I mean, that's what management is, dealing with or controlling things or people. You know, why do we control things? Very simple. It's so they turn out the way we want them to, right? I mean, why else do we control things? That's really, that's really the bottom line. So if we put the two definitions together of change and management, we get this. Change management is the process of controlling the act of making something different. Change management is the process of controlling the act of making something different. Why? So it turns out the way we want it to. That's really what change management is, right? That's why this is an important topic to understand that changes can't just be allowed to happen. They can either be managed or they can be unmanaged, but change will happen. So I think the point we're trying to make is that being intentional about change is really important. 
you know, proactively managing it and not allowing it to just happen unmanaged is important in order to achieve the results that we want. And we as leaders play a very important role in that. Change management, if you will, is not just reserved for whoever is rolling out the change, whoever is requiring the change of our team. I hope you agree that we, we play a role in making sure the change is successful. All right, so there are, I think there are five roles that we play when it comes to managing change. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break those down really fast. Change strategy gets lasting results. That's C-S-G-L-R, change strategy gets lasting results. So let's look at the first one, it's communicator. I like this because it's a reminder that um, that we as managers are communicators of the change. One of the things that change professionals find most challenging is just getting through the clutter of noise, getting the attention of employees and, and others so that they hear the important instructions about the change. It's very important that you help with this, right? We can't just let HR or corporate or IT try to get the message to our people. We play the role of communicator by listening for the key messages from those change implementers and reinforcing and repeating them with our team as often as we need to. So when someone asks managers to cascade information to your teams, take it seriously. That's one of the roles of a leader. We need to do it. We need to do it. We can't ignore it and expect someone else to communicate to our team. So get involved. Okay, the second role that we play is that of supporter, and that's the S. You know, employees need to see you as, as a supporter of the change process. They need to see your visible support. It's very tempting to complain and commiserate right along with your employees. You know, especially if the change is painful, it's not really popular perhaps, but um, we, have to, we have to resist that temptation. When we're a leader, we have special responsibilities. And one of those is to kind of grin and bear it sometimes when our organization is making a change that may be unpopular. And so we need to be careful. Um, you don't have to lie, right? But we have to be very careful not to over commiserate. We can empathize. We can tell people, yeah, you know what? This is a hard change to understand. Um, I, I can see that it's painful. It's going to require these changes. You know, I'm not looking forward to it either, but, you know, let's, we got to do it. Let's put those behind us and let's move forward. There's a way to agree and empathize with a person's concern without commiserating and throwing the change implementers under the bus. The third role that I think we play as leaders in the change process is that of guide, and that's the G. Imagine that you've hired a guide to help you navigate a very tricky and treacherous mountain pass, right? But as soon as you get to the, the hardest part, he says, okay, you're on your own and disappears. It'd be very unnerving, right? Um, even if you had a kind of a detailed knowledge about the past that you're about ready to traverse, you know, having the guide there is still important. It reassures that it's going to be okay. It reassures you. So, we need to make sure we don't disappear in the middle of a change. And so that's what I want you to think of when you think of guide. Um, it means that you're available to your team to guide them, to coach them as the change starts to happen. Um, you need to stay present, just like that, that guide in the mountain pass. You need to stay present and provide help or assistance if needed during the change. So think of it that way. Be a guide to your people. Don't disappear and let someone else kind of get your team what they need to, to feel comfortable. All right, the fourth the fourth role of a leader when it comes to getting change to stick is that of liaison. So 
liaison, it just means to me, is sort of a go-between, right? It's seeing ourselves in the position of being a liaison between the change team and, and our team. And so what does a liaison do? Well, you know, we relay information in both directions. I think one of the key things a liaison can do and what you would do as a liaison in a change process is relaying issues, rumors, and concerns from your team back to the, the executives or the change implementers. This is, a, this is a very important role because you as leader are going to be closest to those concerns. When you hear rumors, when you, when you hear grumbling, when you hear concerns, um, do your best to, to be that liaison. You, you can either dispel the rumor if you know what's going on, or if you, if you don't know what's going on, then take that rumor back, try to get an answer, and bring it back to your team. That's a role of liaison. You know, Brene Brown is pretty famous, obviously, but uh, she talks about change in the power of rumors, something she said in one of her books I really, I really liked. She said that when people don't have a complete story, um, they will fill the gaps with their own beliefs and fears in order to make their story complete. I thought that was really interesting. So in the absence of complete information, people will sometimes make stuff up to try to complete the picture, and that's how rumors are born. So that's one of the things we can do is just go to our teams and say, hey, what are people saying? You know, what are the rumors out there? What are you hearing? This gives them an opportunity to tell you what the concerns are without admitting that they're their own. I love, I love doing that. Employees feel more comfortable saying, well, everybody is worried about X. They're not saying, hey, I'm the one starting the rumor. They're just bringing up the fact that you know, everyone else is, uh, is concerned. Okay, so the fifth and final role that, that I identify for leaders in the change process is that of resistance manager. That's the R. It's the role of resistance manager. A lot of, uh, a lot of change practitioners will tell you that, that oftentimes the change that's being rolled out is not the reason that it fails. It's not that it was the wrong thing to do. It's not that it was the wrong thing to change. It's the resistance to the change that causes it to fail. And so that's why being a resistance manager is very important as a leader. We're the first line of defense. We're the ones that will notice when people are starting to be resistant to change. And so we can, we can be there to ask them, what's going on? What can I help with? So why do people resist change in the first place? A long time ago, a researcher named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross identified the stages of grief that a person experiences after the loss of a loved one. And um, it, it resulted in, in kind of a famous curve called the grief curve. Maybe you've seen it. It kind of starts out with shock and denial and then moves into anger, depression, um, acceptance, finally, as it kind of, you kind of come out of this, this valley of despair, as she put it. And um, change practitioners have found that there is a very similar experience to, um, to change, resistance to change, that can be tied back to these stages of grief. And I like to look at it like this. I, I feel like people experience grief when there's a change to a status quo that they've enjoyed. They may have enjoyed the way things were. They like stability. They like predictability. And then when that is taken away from them, they can experience grief. And, and so we see a very similar curve when it comes to change. It starts out with shock. Like, I can't believe this is happening. It, it goes into denial where they say, you know what, this probably, this will probably pass. You know, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to worry about it. This is a bad idea. Eventually people will figure it out. Then when it starts to become obvious that it's not just going away, it can start to turn into anger. This makes me so angry. Why break things when they're not broken? Why, you know, don't fix things that aren't broke, whatever the phrase is, right? 
Then it goes into bargaining. Well, maybe I can do part of the change, but I'm sure they won't mind if I continue on with what I'm doing in this area. When that doesn't work, they move into depression where they can literally feel like, you know what, why bother? This place is terrible. I'll just go along with it, but it's never going to get better, yada, yada, yada. And they turn into Eeyore for a period of time. And now they're deep into that valley of despair, right? And that can last for a long time. And I think each person is a little different when it comes to grieving the status quo. Um, And then eventually, hopefully, as the change starts to, you know, implement, um, they start to experiment with the new way of doing things eventually resulting in acceptance and integrating this new, this new normal into their, into their daily work life. I really like that, but the, the reason I share that with you is I want you to remember that when it comes to leading people through change, that's a reality. And a couple of things are going to be obvious about this. If this is true, then, then emotions are going to be normal. Okay, as you as your people experience change, they could experience some of these emotions, the emotions of denial, anger, depression as they move through these stages. And so by by realizing what's going on, we can not take that as personally. We can expect emotions to to come to the surface and we can do our best to to calm those emotions, to soothe those emotions, to kind of help people through it, to rationalize, to share information, to do what we can. But we're not going to eliminate it. All right, the grief curve is real. People will experience it, so we need to accept it. And it's going to take time. Some people they may, may move through that very quickly. Those who enjoy change that kind of ha- have a higher tolerance for that may move through a very abbreviated grief curve. But for others, it could take long, a long time. They could get stuck in that curve, and, and they're going to need some time to get through it. And so you can help people that way. So I know I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that this was not going to be a change management podcast. But I do want to share a very simple change management theory that I think will help us um, and act as a reminder for us as leaders. And that's Lewin's three-stage model. Maybe you've heard of it, but sometimes it's called the unfreeze, change, refreeze model. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on it, obviously, but I just want you to think of it this way. The, The key thing to think about when it comes to change is that there are certain things that need to be done before you try to make the change. That's the unfreeze, unfreezing the way things were. And then you go through the change process. And then there are, a few, there are things you need to do after the change is, quote, implemented to refreeze into a new, a new normal. And so you can be involved with your team in the unfreeze stage where you're starting to get them prepared for the change, right? This can happen uh, a few weeks or a few months before a significant change. But it's really important, I think Lewin had it right, that we need to thaw the current process uh, before we just try to slam a new one in place. You know, we're explaining the rationale for the change during this. We're preparing, we're documenting the information. We're starting maybe creating communication or participating in communication and training plans, getting those things ready. We're anticipating what people might resist when it comes to the change and thinking about how to respond to those in advance. That's all important stuff, right? So that's the stuff you do before. Getting into the change, that's kind of the thing we always think about when it comes to change. You know, the communication, the training, the implementing new processes, maybe testing those processes to make sure they're working, all of that stuff. That gets a lot of the the attention, right, in change management. But then afterwards, we sometimes neglect to refreeze some things so that the change sticks. If we don't refreeze, what happens is people tend to snap back to the previous ways of doing things. So um, what, what do you do to refreeze? That's where we sometimes need to shut off old processes, you know, make them unavailable, for instance. 
Um, we need to stay alert to, to continued resistance. There's probably going to be continued training and support during this refree stage to be sure that all of those people who didn't go through the training and expected it to go away uh, are now being brought into the process. And so there's some things we need to do to refreeze to make sure that people don't snap back to their old ways of doing it. All right. For me, it helps to just remember that, you know, there are things I need to do before a change happens, and there are things I need to do after the change has been implemented before I move on to the next thing. All right. So I hope that helps. Oh, there's Hell's Bells. That means I'm going to wrap up with the three points to review, five questions to consider, and one action to take just to kind of tie it all together as we end this podcast episode. First, here are three points to review. Number one, change is going to happen. And we as leaders need to play an active role in getting it to stick. It is not someone else's job to get our people to get with the program. We have to play a role. Number two, people are going to resist change because it's normal to do it. It's normal to resist it, and we need to be prepared for it. We don't need to be frustrated. We need to expect it. Number three, effective change requires that we prepare for the change and solidify it when it's done. So that gets to Lewin's model a little bit there. We need to remember that we have to prepare, and then we have to solidify. All right, five questions that you can consider right now when it comes to change in your organization. Do I take the time to read all communications about the changes being rolled out to my team? This is, this is a hard one. It's very tempting to just skip those knowing that, you know, you get it and just hope your team is reading those things. All right, number two, do I create dialogue with my team to ensure they understand the what, why, when, and how of the changes being rolled out? Number three, am I leading by example and attending training or meetings designed to explain the change? This kind of uh, is kind of related to that first one. I want all my people to to go to the formal training to to learn to be prepared for the change. But you know what? Am I am I too busy to lead by example and attend? Is that for other people? Number four. When I don't like or understand a change, do I tend to commiserate or do I tend to empathize? So we don't want to commiserate too much. We don't want to complain alongside our team, but we also we also want to empathize and and also communicate that um, that it's not optional. We need to get you know we need to support the change. Number five, if I sense resistance on my team, am I confronting it so I can understand and help to resolve the concerns proactively? It's tempting to ignore it, but I'm going to ask you, don't ignore resistance. Ask about it, discuss it, help resolve concerns. So what's one action that you can take right now in your role as leader? I think here it is. Go to your team this week and ask specifically what rumors are out there about an ongoing or impending change. Super easy to do. Just at a staff meeting or in one-on-ones, just ask them. Hey, you know what? I know, you know we've announced this change. What rumors are out there? Talk to me. What are people saying? And then respond to them. Okay, so that's it for the topic of change and how we can break the cycle of bad bossing by embracing change, by getting involved in it, by not assuming someone else is going to make the change happen, but by playing the key roles that we need to play in the change process to make sure our team gets it and to help make sure that the change sticks. So let me wrap up by just reminding you that it is possible to break the cycle of bad bossing if we embrace the mindset and skill set of real life leadership. See you next time.